So welcome everyone to episode one of the Charger Cast. I'm Joe Claus, one of the sports information director grad assistants. I'm alongside co-host Morgan McCarty. Morgan, hello there. Hello, everyone. And episode one, guest number one, is athletic director John Mays. John, welcome back to sunny Connecticut instead of being in Florida. I'm glad you brought the nice weather up with you. Yeah, I didn't uh, did not expect stepping off the plane to you know 60 degree weather here in the middle of February, but I'll take it. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're a very busy man. Very busy. Thanks for having me. This is uh, I'm excited for it and flew all the way back from Florida just to do this. So yeah, we appreciate it. Good. And it's a very special time. The Peterson Performance Center almost done. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But tell us a little bit about you. Went to Lawrence University in Wisconsin. I did. How yeah. did how did you get there? Uh, it's actually a pretty good recruiting story. So uh, I grew up in Minnesota uh, in the in the Twin Cities area. Played a lot of sports growing up. Um, you know, played primarily I was a basketball player, but played golf, football, ran cross country, uh, did a little bit of everything. And I was looking at getting recruited for basketball. Um, I knew my limitations. I knew I was a, a Division three prospect, so I was kind of circling a handful of schools in the area, um, you know, in, in the surrounding region. And a uh, coach from Lawrence reached out to me, uh, asked me to come on a visit and, and uh, come check out the campus. So I did. Turns out that the uh, that the assistant coach at the time was the head golf coach as well. So on my recruiting visit, uh, he you know talked to me about uh, about my experience playing golf in high school as well, uh, and sort of offered me the opportunity if I were to choose to come to Lawrence uh, that I could do both and play both golf and basketball, which is like the best possible combination of a Division three athlete. Um, the experience is incredible. Um, you know, I would I would highly recommend that to anyone who can can jump into both of those. And and um, you know, golf in, in northern Wisconsin probably isn't uh, you know the the uh, highlight the epitome of, of golf. But are you are you playing with like the neon green neon yeah. orange? So when the you know first snow is falling in early fall for us, uh, you for can sure. still see it. Yeah, when I, when I tell you that I I played in snow and ice uh, I'm not joking it, we, we had tournaments that you know there was an inch or two of snow on the ground and um, it was uh, you know you had hand warmers and and all that so uh, you know it challenged us um, we got spoiled once we started playing in nicer weather and and uh, you know we actually could see the white ball and, and all that stuff so so is the added club to the bag the the snow wedge instead <laughs> yeah, of just the just a shovel <laughs> clear the green so you were captain of the golf team and then also captain of the basketball team. I was, yeah. I, so I wasn't able to find the stats of your career, but <laughs> there, a there's a reason that, for that. I've hit them. You, you've you've hit them. Yeah. Uh, how how good were you? Uh, depends on who you ask. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that I was a contributor uh, for both. You know, I I would say that um, I was probably a little bit more focused on my basketball game uh, in college. You know, golf was something that I was kind of naturally good at. Um, I played growing up. Uh, my grandpa and I played a lot growing up. He was a pretty avid golfer. Um, so I you know, was a little bit more of a natural at that. I wouldn't say that I practiced quite as much um, you know, as if it was my primary sport. But uh, basketball, I, you know, I was a, a steady contributor. Um, didn't play a whole lot early in my career at Lawrence, but stepped into a, you know, a supporting role as a sophomore and a junior and then more into kind of a 
featured role uh, my senior year along with my uh, my roommate of all four years, um, you know, and, and one of my good friends uh, who, you know, we were we were sort of the one-two punch, so to speak. So uh, I had a handful of games that I would say could, you know, rise to the level of making a highlight film out of. But, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, I wouldn't say there was a, an All-American or a Hall of Fame career, but, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good career and we won a lot of games and, and had a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, it was, it, it was a great experience. I, I really enjoyed the the D3 um, environment and now being at, at Division Two, uh, it's not a not a whole lot different other than the athletes being, you know, more athletic and better. So, <laughs> so, you, so you're not saying you wouldn't be a Coach O'Talling starting five? No, player. no. I I think that I might have a spot on his bench, uh, but no, I don't think I would crack this this lineup. And uh, he's got a lot of good players and a lot of good athletes. So I think uh, you know I was a I was a shooter. So. Maybe it, maybe he could have used me in in some spots to spot up in the corner, but beyond that, I don't think he would necessarily find a spot for me. The the team likes to shoot, so I mean, it, yeah. it could have found your spot in yeah. there. You know, you stay hot. Me and Devontae Thomas probably would be uh, you know not too much of a of a battle for playing time. I think he's got me beat pretty well. So, so while you were there, you got your degree in psychology. Yeah, tell us a little bit. What made you pick psychology? What was that? all about for you yeah so um you know i was i was very much undecided going into uh, my undergraduate career i um you know dabbled in a handful of classes to liberal arts universities so you know our freshman year was really focused on getting a very broad education about um you know a number of different things so um you know i think it was my my second semester um where i took a an intro to psych course professor ansfield and he was um he was as dynamic of a professor as I've ever had, and he made psychology fun. Um, he really was engaging with the topic and, and got us really thinking about what it means to study psychology and, and human psychology and human behavior. And, um, you know, it was really that course and that professor that um, made me choose that. And, and, you know, it was within probably the first week or two of that course where I decided that I was going to be a psych major. And, um, you know, I went through and and never wavered on that. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people have asked me, you know, what does it do for you, right? Like, I, I didn't become a psychologist. Um, you know, I didn't go to grad school for psychology. So, um, you know, I think that my response is is true. It's it's always been I every day I deal with people, right? And that's I, that's been my career path to this point is, is I've been in a very human-facing, uh, people-facing industry of college athletics. And, whether it's student athlete development that I did at, at the University of Kansas, or if it's raising money, um, you know, dealing with student athletes or, or coaches or um, you know your staff, every day I'm I'm dealing with people, right? And this is a very people-oriented business, and the the background that I got in studying psychology has helped me to understand people's motivations or understand where you know sometimes people are at, and it's not as if I'm ever psychoanalyzing anyone, but um, the ability to sort of, you know, engage and, and read the room or, or to kind of have empathy for um, someone that you're meeting with or talking to uh, has really served me well. And I think that part of that is the the degree and, the, and that, um, you know, that course of study uh, really opened my eyes and, and um, opened my mind to, uh, you know, just sort of the, the big picture human behavior, um, you know, area. So you mentioned it. You graduate from Lawrence. 
and then you go off to Kansas. Yeah. Where did that decision come? You go leave Wisconsin and go down to Kansas. Was it hard leaving home and that area, or was it an easy decision for you to go down there? Yeah, ultimately uh, the decision was was pretty easy. I mean, you know, I had all my family and friends were back in Minnesota still, so leaving them was was tough. Kansas isn't isn't terribly far, so um, you know, it wasn't as it wasn't like my move out here to Connecticut, where I was literally moving halfway across the country. So, um, you know, regionally speaking, it wasn't too bad. Um, but in terms of like my uh, my path to Kansas, um, I grew up playing basketball in in middle school and high school with a guy named Cole Aldrich. Uh, Cole Aldrich. Uh, grew up to be 6'11", like we all wish we could be, and, and have, you know, the longest wingspan of anyone that I've ever been around. And, um, you know, hand-eye coordination, like he was a point guard. And he went on to play uh, play three years at Kansas basketball, uh, All-American. Uh, I think he might have been the player of the year or, or was definitely up there for the running um, and got drafted to play in the NBA, played at uh, – Long had a really long NBA career, um, but that's how I ended up at Kansas. I, you know, had, had become sort of a Kansas fan during his time there, um, and was aware of the university. Had visited visited him in Lawrence, and um, you know, I just kind of uh, really enjoyed that bigger school environment, and I I wanted to be around that for my graduate degree, and um, you know, once I once I reached out and and found an opportunity to work in the athletic department. It just, it was kind of a perfect fit. And, and it was something that I really didn't have um, any reservations about. It was my first and only choice. Like I, I didn't think about going to school anywhere else. That was it. Before even college, you go in undecided. What was the game plan? Because we know where you are now. You've made it here. But what was the plan? Where were you, where'd you want to see your career go? I was, I was not only undecided as an undergrad, uh, in terms of what I was going to major in, but I was undecided in life. Like I, I, I didn't, it wasn't as if I was just kind of wandering aimlessly. Like I, I've always been pretty motivated and, and, um, you know, pretty, uh, got good grades, all that stuff. But like, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do for a career. Um, but then after going through my undergrad, really enjoying, um, you know, the, the college experience, the student athlete experience that I had, um, I wanted to explore being in college athletics and knew that I wanted to sort of create that type of an experience for other student athletes that were going to come up after me. And, um, you know, I, I figured the best way to do that, go get a, a sport management master's degree, um, you know, and, and obviously from there, um, getting my, my doctorate wasn't even in the plans after that. That just was something that sort of happened while I was there. Um, you know, it didn't come without a lot of work and writing and reading and all that stuff. But, um, that wasn't, that wasn't part of the plan when I moved down to Kansas, it was going to be a couple of years of getting my, uh, getting my master's degree and then, and then going off and, and figuring out what I wanted to do. I actually, once I got down to Kansas and, and even, you know, shortly after finishing up my playing career, I, um, I thought I was going to coach. Like I, I wanted to get into to coaching basketball. And so I was kind of going down there to like be the next bill self and, um, you know, I, I quickly found out that, that, that probably wasn't, wasn't for me. I don't think anyone can replicate what he does. He wasn't ready and he wasn't going to give it up for you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that he wanted to retire on my timeline. So at Kansas, you were a grad assistant in equipment operations. Yeah. 
Talk us through what your day in the life was with that, what you were handling. So I spent two years doing that, and um, I worked for, first of all, our equipment operations at Kansas, a little bit of a different ballgame than equipment operations at New Haven. We had the largest um, Adidas contract in the country. Um, so we were, you know, oftentimes we were the, uh, I'll, I'll call it like the guinea pig for Adidas. So anytime that they would come out with new apparel, new technology, new footwear, uh, we would be the first to get it. So they'd, they'd send it out to us and have our athletes test it out, or they would, you know, put it, put it on our athletes so that they would wear it. And then obviously it becomes a marketing tool for them. Right. So, um, you know, that was a big part of working in equipment. There was, you were managing, um, managing that Adidas partnership while also handling sort of the, the daily needs of the student athletes and the coaches. So not only were you sort of, you know, being the, the operations person behind the scene of, of making sure that, you know, laundry gets done, um, that people are getting socks and, and, you know, their shorts and their practice gear and all that stuff. But the cool part about it was you were really working directly with Adidas. We had a, an Adidas representative who was just our our person for Kansas and they were on site. Like they were at an office in our in our building and that was their job. So um, working directly with her to, you know, place orders to, to communicate directly with Adidas and, and make sure that our athletes were, um, you know, wearing the, the most up-to-date technology and, and the proper footwear, the proper apparel. Um, you know, it was, it was as big time of athletics as it can get, um, you know, obviously Kansas, it's known for its basketball and, and um, you know, the, the Final Fours and national championships and, and all of that. They, they had a huge brand, still have a huge brand, and, um, you know, Adidas, Adidas profits uh, pretty wildly off of that, uh, off that partnership, so they're making out pretty well. So how much gear did you get of Adidas, or were you? More than I could ever wear. <laughs> I'll put it that way. When I left Kansas... I kept I kept a good chunk of it, probably enough to fill a full closet, and that was I would bet um, I don't know a tenth of what I got during my time there. The people that I know that I've stayed in touch with from Kansas are still wearing, and I I still wear too, uh, Adidas shoes from that I, like have never been worn. So if you if you see me, I, this is probably bad since we're a Nike school and, and we're under Nike contract. Um, but you know, there's times where I'll still have my, um, you know, be working out in, in brand new Adidas shoes just because I'm cycling through them. It's kind of hard to throw out a brand new pair of shoes. New pair of Adidas boosts. I'm not going to turn that down. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard one to say no to. Yeah. You didn't expect to get your PhD. How did you end up deciding to stay there and go for your PhD? What was that like? And me and Morgan are both getting our master's right now. Yeah. PhDs never, master's degree was never in my sight. Morgan, I don't know if it was in your sight. Yeah, I was uh, fast-tracked to get my master's in my second year. So that was always the game plan to go right. and get it at the earliest stage that I could. You're ahead of the game. I try. I try to keep myself. <laughs> so l- let alone, I'm never even going to be thinking about a PhD, but how do uh, you... Don't say that just yet. Uh, I was in the same boat. Yeah, well, I was never thinking I was getting a master's. <laughs> I thought I was, you know... Ba- uh, my bachelor's degree and I was going to be it. hitting the road out. and going to work, but here I am still getting a master's. Yeah. And now I'm in I'm, a podcast. I'm glad you chose to do that. I, I think a lot of people are glad and I yeah. think my parents ultimately are glad I'm still here too. <laughs> it's going to pay off for you. I, I hope so. Yeah. 
But how do you decide to go, and what's that deciding factor like for you to get your doctorate? Um, so my first semester in uh, in my graduate program, so I just moved down to Kansas. Um, you know, I'm taking a uh, like a, a social cultural issues in college athletics course, and uh, our professor he had assigned a, a paper. It was, I don't know, three or five page paper, something like that. Uh, so I turned it in. This is probably two to three weeks into the into the class, and he writes on it. There's no no markings, no nothing. Just one, you know, red ink. Please see me. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Like, you know, I come down here. I moved down to Kansas, and somehow, like, I've already failed my first, you know, first paper, first assignment that I've had to turn in. Like, I'm not going to make it. So. I set up this appointment to go and see him, and he sits me down, and he says, I think that you should stay here and do your PhD. And it was based off of this paper that I wrote, which was, um, you know, sort of about uh, really, you know, a pretty pertinent topic today. It was about critical race theory and how it impacts um, professional athletes and, and sort of the, um, you know, some of the history there. So um, after he said that, you know, it, it at least sort of set in my mind for a little while. Uh, I didn't act on it. I didn't really, you know, move forward with declaring that I was going to do that or anything. I just sort of said, "All right, you know, that's I'll think about it." Um, you know, I, I had never it had never crossed my mind that I would do that, but um, now it had. Now that he had had brought it up, so um, you know, I, it's a full two year program. So I'm in sort of my third semester there. I'm I'm getting close to having to need to you know figure out what's what's next and. I sit back down with that professor and, and sort of talk through it a little bit more. And then really, I, I, the, the final tipping point was I talked to Dr. Z. Um, our, you know, he was the athletic director at, at Kansas at the time and um, you know, currently here at, at UNH, our president. So uh, I talked to him. He had gotten his Ph.D. from Kansas a while back. Um, and you know, I, I just sort of knocked on his door and asked for some advice. We had gotten to know each other and, and had, you know, formed a, a good relationship down there as I was working in the athletic department and, and sought his advice on a number of things. So he was very open and honest with me. And, and he said, you know, basically, if I, if I wanted to move up in this industry and, you know, he, he said that he thought I had the potential to do so, uh, this would be something that could really, you know, differentiate myself, right? And this would be something that could stand out on a, on a resume and, and when you go to interview for positions. So, um, you know, it's on a college campus, if you know that you're going to be in college athletics or in higher education, having those three letters next to your name is just sort of like a, a feather in your cap, right? And people who are on a college campus know what the work that went into getting that is is really like. Um, so, you know, he, he recommended that I do it, um, especially while I was there. I was in a position where they were going to, you know, fund – on me to go through and, and do that schooling. So it was, uh, it was another three years. At, at that point, I felt like I was going to be just a professional student. Like I was never going to, never going to stop going to classes. Um, and he, uh, he actually, Dr. Z ended up serving on my dissertation committee, um, and was a, an enormous help for me moving forward, moving through that program. I took a lot of classes. So I, since I did my sport management degree, uh, or my sport management master's there, I took a lot of courses um, outside of that outside of that program um, because I had taken most of them already in my master's degree. So um, I took a lot of like high, history of higher ed courses and educational leadership. 
Um, courses that, you know, had I just gone there for my PhD, I probably wouldn't have been able to take. So it was really beneficial for me to be able to sort of get outside of the outside of that program and have a little bit more of a well-versed, um, you know, set of courses to, um, to, you know, gain some knowledge from. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a long three years, I would say, but also an unbelievably rewarding experience to, um, go through that program and, and have the different hurdles in place to, that you have to get over to get to the point where you can, you know, call yourself a doctor. We were talking earlier, and I know that you would love to be called a doctor at some point, right, Morgan? Like, Absolutely. It's on your bucket list? Absolutely. Yeah. I would love it. I would make everyone call me doctor at any point in time. Yeah. I, I don't force people to do it, but, you know, it, it's a little bit of a ego boost when they do. I was know? just thinking about it because we call Dr. Z, Dr. Z. Right. So we could call you Dr. Mays if you want. Yeah. I, I prefer Dr. J. Dr. J. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> Dr. J? All yeah. right. If, do- yeah. if Dr. Z took it, I think I think it'd be fun. Just don't confuse me with Julia Serving, but yeah, you know, I don't okay. think right. that's that's a danger. Yeah. So you finish up, you get your PhD from Kansas, and then you you stay at Kansas and get a position there. Yeah. Was that in the works while you were finishing up the PhD, or yeah. how, how did that come about? So it was actually a position that I started while I was um, working on my PhD. So I, so I sort of. Um, moved from the equipment operations into student athlete development. So um, after I got my master's and as I was starting my PhD program, um, and that was uh, an awesome experience to, to work directly with our student athletes, work on their you know leadership skills, work on their um, professionalism, their career development. Um, we did, we, we had a, an unbelievable staff there that went above and beyond for our student athletes and you know we were kansas we were well resourced um you know i had i had a group of freshman student athletes we, we had it as the jayhawk leadership academy and i would meet with them one-on-one every week and i would sit down and we'd talk through we had this whole curriculum planned out for the entire first semester of their college career and, and i just thought back to my career as a student athlete and if I had someone who had kind of been in my shoes, so to speak, um, you know, and I would never claim to be anywhere near as athletic as the athletes we had at Kansas, but I had at least done it, right? I had at least been through um, life as a student athlete. So I was able to talk through some of the struggles they faced, um, you know, some of the ups and downs of the freshman year of, of being a student athlete. And then we talked about what they wanted, you know, their legacy to be. How do, how do they want to be remembered as a Kansas student athlete? And, you know, it really opened my eyes to the impact that, um, that someone can have. You know, I'd been around amazing coaches. Um, you know, I'd been around administrators that were really invested in, in the student-athletes. But that level of attention to, to student-athletes um, really was second to none across the country. And, and the program that we developed was um, really just something that I think um, – you know, really benefited the student athletes and, and created an environment for them to succeed. Um, not just on the, you know, not just on the court or on the field, but in the classroom. Um, and then ultimately, uh, when they went out and, and graduated and, and moved on to um, hopefully, you know, impact in the world and, and doing big things. Who were some of the athletes that you got to work with during that? Uh well, you know, some of the names that were there that everyone would, would recognize during my time, um, Joel Embiid, you know, was was there. Um, he, when he first came into Kansas, he was about as, as thin as, you know, a, you know, a pencil. And 
Um, Andrea Hootie, our strength coach at the time at Kansas, probably you know should be on his payroll because he he would not be who he is right now, an MVP caliber NBA player, if it weren't for Andrea Hootie, um, who's by by and large the best strength coach in the country. Um, she put weight on him, good type of weight, you know, tons of muscle and, and everything else. So, um, you know, I assume that, that Joel is going to probably listen to this podcast. So if he hears that, um, you know, he should probably reach out to Hootie and, and thank her. I'm so. going to say if we get Joel Embiid just to listen to this, I'll take that as a huge yeah. check. We, we've accomplished something <laughs> that's, there. That's for better sure. than we thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., Devontae Graham, Frank Mason, um, it, you know, you, you can't go a year in, in Kansas basketball history without having one or two NBA guys and, and you know, Bill Self, probably one of the best coaches of all time. Um, you know, and, and I got to work with athletes across the, across the entire department, so I had got to work with a lot of golfers and a lot of golfers that went on to play pro, pro careers as well. Um, you know, worked with uh, athletes from the rowing team, worked with tennis athletes, football athletes. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun and, and, you know, being around that high level of athlete really isn't a whole lot different in terms of just their personalities and interactions with you. Um, but it, you know, I'll admit it's a heck of a lot of fun to go and, and then watch them go on and succeed at the highest of levels after playing at Kansas did any did you calling him up and be like hey uh can I get a little bit of credit for helping you along with that or I only did that with my buddy who uh who I grew up with Cole yeah I made sure that he he uh recognized me for getting him to where he was at yeah gotta take the credit and yeah. receive the credit when you I'll can. run with it yeah so you took a quick stop in between Kansas and getting to New Haven you were an assistant coach and an athletic administrator at Illinois Wesleyan Going back up close to home, yep. what brought you back up there? Uh, my wife. So my wife and I met at Kansas. She was the director of softball operations. And um, towards the end of when I was getting ready to graduate uh, with my Ph.D., she had an opportunity to go to Illinois State University to be one of the first female Division I uh, director of football operations um, you know, professionals in the country. And... We sat down, I remember, at our dinner table in Kansas, and, and as, you know, we had an honest conversation. I said, you, you can't pass this up. This is too good of an opportunity. Uh, she had always wanted – she loved football. Her dad's, dad's a coach. Um, she had always wanted to be in football and around football. And um, I said, go. you you got to do this. Um, we'll figure out how we're going to, you know, kind of maneuver this. So I stayed back in Kansas to finish my Ph.D., finish out kind of my obligation to the athletic department um, and then move back to Illinois with her. Uh, and Illinois State and Illinois Wesleyan are literally on the same street in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. They're in two separate towns. So there's Bloomington and then there's Normal. Uh, Illinois State's in Normal. Illinois Wesleyan's in Bloomington. Um, Illinois State's Division One. Illinois Wesleyan's Division Three. But they've sort of created this very cool um, camaraderie between the two schools, uh, you know, despite being at different levels. Uh, so I I went back there and formed a really good relationship with the head basketball coach there. Um, I had still sort of had this like itch to to get back into coaching, and figured that this would be a good time to do it. And you know, with 
my wife in an awesome position at Illinois State. Um, you know, my opportunity now is as a, a doctor to go back and, and coach. Uh, some people might question why do you go to school for, you know, nine years to uh, just go go be a coach that doesn't really require anything beyond a probably an undergraduate degree. But um, like I said, I sort of had that itch and, and wanted to uh, wanted to explore it. And Illinois Wesleyan has an incredible basketball tradition at the Division Three level. They um, they actually have the most um, academic All-Americans of all time, regardless of level. So they got more academic All-Americans than Duke, Kansas, UCLA, you name it. They got the most academic All-Americans. And I was fortunate enough to uh, to recruit one of them to play for us at Illinois Wesleyan, the, the latest of their academic All-Americans. He was actually the academic All-American of the year at the Division Three level a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, he uh, because of COVID, he had an extra year of eligibility beyond Illinois Wesleyan. So he chose to, they don't have a grad program there, so he chose to, to transfer and play his final year of eligibility um, at the Division II level. And he just so happened to pick Bentley. So, you know, um, we got we to gotta face him now. And he's, he's tearing up the NE10. Um, you know, it goes to prove that the, the line between really good Division Three basketball and really good Division Two basketball is, you know, for for the top tier of talent, isn't all that different. Um, notice how I said the top tier of talent, though, that kind of leaves me out of that uh, out of that conversation. Well, hey, so. You could have been maybe another year <laughs> if you had a COVID year, you could have, you I know, know, I know. Yeah. gone back into it. So you spend two years there, and then what brought you to West Haven, Connecticut? As we sit here now, yeah. Well, obviously, I talked about my connection to Doctor Z, um, so that was it. You know, he, he called me up, um, told me you know, we had we had sort of stayed in touch. Obviously, as I moved back to Illinois, and, and we were still close, so I'd I'd talked to him pretty frequently. And um, you know, he called me when when he was offered this job and said, "Hey, I got I got good news for you. Um, I just got a new job in in uh, Connecticut." I said, "Oh, that's great." And he goes, well, I got good news for you, too. So what's that? Well, you're coming with me. And I said, coming where? <laughs> uh, and, you know, I had to look up where Connecticut was on a map and, and you know, had to um, do a little bit of research on where, you know, University of New Haven was um, and realizing that it wasn't actually in New Haven. Um, that you know, all those many. things. Yeah. Very confusing. Um, but, you know, I, I, didn't, I, I never had to think twice about it. Dr. Z is such a dynamic leader, um, someone that I believe in uh, wholeheartedly. And when he told me that, you know, I would get to come out here and, and work for him again, it was a no-brainer. Um, so my wife and I once again picked up and, and moved across the country. She, this time I left, she finished her responsibilities with their football season there, finished out spring ball actually, and then um, and then ended up moving out here to Connecticut with me. And um, so that was, that was the story of how I got out here to to New Haven, and and it's been uh, it's been a great ride. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, never really anticipated living in the Northeast, but um, man, the pizza's good. So, and you get to experience all four seasons in the matter of one day. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I got a little bit of that in Minnesota, but usually it was just bitter cold. So, um, yeah, a little bit more mild out here, but yeah, you get you get the full gamut of of weather out here. That's for sure. You know, you got to experience a little bit of everything, and, you know, why not do it in one day when you can just spread it out over yeah, 12 yeah, for months? for sure. You wouldn't want to have, like, any consistency. 
There's no need for that. Yeah. You know, it's always a nice shock and surprise for you when you wake up <laughs> in the morning. shock the system. Exactly. You never quite know what you're going to get. So got to keep everyone on their toes. That's right. Every day. Yeah. As Foggy would say, you know, yeah. shock the system. Yeah. So you got here in 2019. Yeah. You and me came here at the same time. Morgan's actually has been here the longest of wow. the group of Almost us. I'm the veteran. You are the nice. veteran. Nice. When you first got here, what was your initial role, and what did Dr. Z give you? Did he just say, here's what we're doing, and let's roll with it? Yeah, uh, that's almost exactly what he said. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was um, we sort of talked through what the ideal role for me would be, and, and um, you know, he had sort of this vision of bringing me out here and, and allowing me to um, kind of pick and choose a little bit of what, what my areas would be that I would oversee and, and have some supervise over supervisory um, responsibilities over. But ultimately, it, it sort of settled into kind of this um, external operations uh, role where I would, um, you know, oversee our branding and marketing, our fundraising initiatives, um, you know, any, any sort of alumni, um, you know, relationship type stuff. Um, you know, and then I also acted as his chief of staff, so to speak. So I would, I would sort of be the, um, you know, the individual responsible for making sure that his mission and his vision for the department was ultimately carried out, um, you know, throughout, throughout our staff and, and all of our student athletes. So he's, um, he is a tried and true, uh, professional within college athletics. He's been, um, you know, at the top of the top of the industry and, and someone who, cares immensely about the student athlete experience so i knew that when i came out here that would be a priority and he would um you know do his best to make sure that that was part of our mission was to ensure that every student athlete that came through here would have a great experience and hopefully that's been the case i think that we've gotten pretty good feedback um you know obviously some of the facility upgrades the ppc help um you know help with that experience that was uh, anyone who's been on north campus knows that was a much needed um, you know, uh, facility for us to, to take on, and it does a lot of things for us. Um, but beyond that, hopefully we've created a culture up here. Um, this, this place has always been unbelievably successful on the field, on the, on the court, um, you know, in, in terms of wins and losses. And, and I think that uh, our charge was to, to sort of um, create this culture that, that um, joined North Campus and Main Campus, Hopefully made um, made that walk feel a little bit closer, um, and you know was an opportunity to to just create a, a cool experience for our student athletes where they could feel that they were growing um, athletically and personally and, and professionally and um, you know like I said I think reviews so far that we've um, hopefully impacted a handful of lives and and ultimately that's what this is all about. Morgan, you are the athlete of the group. You was played. I'm retired <laughs> now. <laughs> what, what's your opinion on how everything was? Um, to be honest, freshman year, like you can see a big change. I think. So what year was freshman year for you? Freshman year for me was 2018, 2019 year. Okay. Right. Um, you can definitely see a big change. I feel like um we have a lot more people like coming to games now. Um, so I think like the relationship that's going between main campus and north campus is definitely growing. You see like more kids like knowing about the games, coming to the games, um, especially field hockey. Like we were brand new. <laughs> 2017, 2018 was our first season. Um, so it's it's really nice seeing that team grow. Um, and seeing a lot of people coming to our games because. 
we had not really a big fan base freshman year, but now we have, you know, football players and all the other sports teams coming to our games, um, people just coming from main campus to support us. So you can definitely tell that the camaraderie between the two campuses is definitely getting a lot better. Yeah, one of my uh, actually favorite experiences so far out here at UNH was our home game this year against Assumption when you know, we had we had never beaten Assumption. Uh, yep. And we had, I don't know, probably a, a few hundred people in attendance. And it was kind of a, a cold night in Delacamera Stadium, but the, the crowd was loud and they were rambunctious. And I'm not sure that half of the crowd really knew what was going on. No, on I, the field. I don't think so at all, but, um, but <laughs> they were they cheering. Were, they were going wild, and we won in overtime, uh, scored a goal in overtime to win it. And um, that was one of the, you know, the coolest experiences I've had. Um, you see our athletes and, and our coaches, um, you know, emotional over a big win like that and doing it in front of a group of student athletes and, and other fans that, um, you know, I've really bought into – the field hockey program, what they've done, you know, obviously um, part of your your um, class and, and those that have come afterwards is, have built this program up with Coach, Coach Likens to a point where it's um, contending for, you know, beating the best teams in the conference. I think probably competing for conference championships moving forward. And I know Coach Likens has lofty goals of turning conference championships into national championships. So. She does. That yeah. was her goal from day one. <laughs> when yeah. we walked on campus, she was like, this team's going to win championships one day. And yeah. they're definitely maybe they're getting there. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know why you would you know, have a goal of being average. So. Oh, yeah, well, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> you talked about the Peterson Performance Center. You were one of the big pieces that got the ball really rolling with that. It was always in talks, but now – we quite literally saw the foundation being poured of it. How did that come about? How much work went into just getting that design, getting the first steps going on it? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, dating back to sort of the the really truly first steps starts with Dave Peterson, right? Like he he was the not only was he some of the financial backing <laughs> behind it, of course, but um, he was a lot of the um, you know, kind of the idea and the, and the creativity behind what this building could be. Um, you know, he, he's big into fitness and, and weightlifting, um, you know, and, and he knows the importance of a high-quality weight room to, um, you know, developing and training student-athletes to perform at their best. Um, and let's face it, our weight room previous to this new building was inadequate, right? It was in the basement of Charger Gym and, and just sort of, um, not a, not a facility that you would be proud of, or one that you would necessarily um, really have tons of motivation to go into and, and get better, right? So, um, you know, I think that ultimately the idea was born, um, you know, with him, Doctor Z, um, you know, just having those conversations and and really talking through what is what's going to make the most impact here, right? We, if I'm going to give this money, um, I want to make sure that it's going to have an impact on every single one of our student athletes, and we went from. 360 student athletes when when Z and I first got here to 505 now and for us to grow at that sort of pace um, offer that many more opportunities for student athletes um, there had to be a payoff we couldn't we, we can't possibly fit 505 student athletes you know, rotating through that old weight room right like the, the the place would have burst at the seams if we tried to continue doing that um, so we quickly identified the you know, some type of a performance center as being 
the first necessary step in, you know, really a long line of, of steps to improve North Campus and to um, improve our facilities. Um, you know, but, but I think that it just grew from there. It started sort of as this one-story uh, weight room, and it grew into, well, let's put in you know, a locker room, let's put in a sports medicine um, area to get them out of, out of their existing uh, situation. And, you know, while we're at it, why don't, we, why don't we put a third floor on there, make sure that we have adequate offices and meeting spaces for our coaches and our student athletes. So, um, you know, it, it just continued to grow. And, and obviously the price tag continued to grow a little bit and his donation grew a little bit. And, and, fo- and Foggy didn't help foggy, with that. Yeah, fo- you know, Foggy's not afraid to, you know, Ask for a little bit more and a little bit more, and, and he's he's very good at um, he's very good at pushing student athletes to uh, like perform at their best and add more weight to the bar and add more you know pick up that next biggest dumbbell right. But he's also very good at pushing Ashley, our SWA, and the person who's in charge of all of our budget and finances. You know, it would be really nice if we had the the best uh, dumbbells out there, right? And yeah, they might weigh the same, but they're not, you know, they're not really the same, right? Like you have to have the best. And, and to his credit, um, if we want to be the best, then we should have the best equipment. And, you know, I think that this building, uh, without a doubt, is the best building, the best performance facility, the best um, facility of its kind at the Division Two level. I mean, I've seen, whether it's pictures or seen it in person of all the other sort of top tier performance weight room facilities at our level in, in the country. And uh, it's my opinion, but I think I'm right. Uh, ours is the best. And that's a, a lot of credit to a lot of different people. And, you know, it doesn't start without Dave Peterson and, and Z and, and a handful of our other uh, donors to, to really have a vision to push this place forward and to, to grow. So, Peterson Performance Center hopefully going to be opening soon. Yeah. Then the next step is north the gymnasium. Yep. What's the next step after that? Great question. Um, it's amazing what you can do with money. So if we, uh, <laughs> you know, if we're able to to keep on uh, twisting some arms and and um, you know wringing some pockets out, I think that we we've got a nice um, you know plan. I would say for. Uh, capital project plan for North Campus that would include, um, you know, obviously making sure that all of our coaches are in a place where, um, you know, they they would feel very comfortable bringing recruits and bringing people to meet. Part of that is going to be the third floor of the Peterson Performance Center. Um, but I also think that, that having an area dedicated to our student athletes that can be, um, you know, a recruiting space to make sure that we have, um, you know, have somewhere where our student athletes can come and, and really feel welcome as prospective student athletes when they step foot on campus. But I think beyond that, it, it creates a, a space where our student athletes can go to study and um, you know have a lounge type area, have a, an area that they can call their own in between practice and class or, or in between weights and their next meeting and then, and then practice, right? Like we have, uh, we don't really have an area right now where student athletes can congregate on North Campus. I think the PPC will um, accommodate that to a certain extent, but having an area that would really just be a common area on North Campus for our student athletes to congregate and create that community would be my vision and my next step um, from a capital project standpoint. Um, and I think I think that we can um, accomplish a handful of things with that. Part of what I would like to do there is 
um, offer opportunity for for meals to be offered on North Campus, right? So it's a great idea. <laughs> Love that idea. I, I, if I were running, a, you know, a, a campaign, I think a lot of student athletes would probably get behind that idea. Right? I believe so. Um, yep. You know, I, I hear it a lot that there's no opportunity to eat in between uh, weights and then practice, or you know, after right after practice when dining halls might be closed, or you know, if you're early morning practice and you need to run to class right afterwards. Um, I know that's an issue, you know, field hockey practices early in the morning. Really early, and, yeah. And then got, probably got to go if you have 8 o'clock or 8.30 class straight to class without getting getting food sometimes. So um, we all know the importance of nutrition on athletes. Um, so if we can help that in any way, I think that could be a big step is to create some type of cafe, cafeteria up on North Campus that can also um, double as that congregating space to build community for student athletes. That would be, that'd be the idea. Coming to that time where I know you have that meeting, busy schedule that you have. Do you have any questions for me and Morgan right now? Without a doubt, um, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first question I would I would like to ask for both of you is, what prompted us to kind of start this podcast again? I know a week or two ago you came in my office and said, "Hey, we're thinking about doing this." Um, I know that Dr. Z and J-Dub had their podcast. I would fully envision this one being way better after you get some good guests on, you know. Um, but what what really sparked this idea to reinvigorate the podcast and, and get this going again? Uh, so I actually have to give a lot of half credit to Neva. And so Neva's actually standing behind the camera over Shout here. Shout out to Neva. Shout out Neva. Yeah. Um, so... Dan originally went to Neva, so Neva is actually a semester behind both me and Morgan, so she's still an undergrad, and she was looking at possibly having to do another class, like an internship, for more credits. So the talk was bring back the podcast, and that was going to be her internship slash practicum. Okay. Well, Neva being the studious athlete that she is, was able to pick up another class and didn't, didn't technically have the internship, but we were like, we'll still bring back the podcast, and... That's when I came walking into your office, you know, just knocking on the door. And it's another avenue, another place to get eyes on the school, yeah. whether it be talking to administration, talking to athlete, bringing Foggy on. Everyone loves Foggy. <laughs> Everyone so loves Foggy. Th that's going to be t-shirts. Uh, anything free and then bring on Foggy <laughs> and everyone's going to be watching. But it's a way to talk with the athletes and podcasts really are the biggest form right now. Because you can listen to it in the car. You can watch it. Yeah, I think it's great. So what made you want to be, like, a co-host here? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, he brought it up, and I asked him if he needed some help with it. Because um, we sit in the office together every day, pretty much. So um, just just more time to hang out with Joe, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, who wouldn't want that? I heard you're here for mostly for the comedic value. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm a little nervous this the first episode, but once I once I get going, yeah. I'll well, definitely offer a lot more comedy warm up, warm over up. here. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, you know you're you're good for a handful of one liners here and there. Yeah, you know? I'll, I hear them in the office enough. Yeah, I try some zingers. I try. Yeah. I try. It, it was more of a, we're talking about it. Morgan turns to me and goes, uh, "You need a co-host," and I said, "Sure, you <laughs> really want to be not? the co-host?" Yeah. And she was like, "Wait, really? <laughs> do I, do I actually have to do this?" And <laughs> Well, I, here we are. Here we here we are. We got her in, and you know, day after her birthday. So happy belated oh, birthday, Morgan! Thank you, Very thank nice. you, everyone. Give you the shout How out. How old now? Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Wow. Jordan year. How's Get it feel? Home. 
same as twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> we're at like that time in the age where like the twenty one's like the really big and then yeah. you have to wait until there's the next big one. So they all kind of just like blur together. Um oh, wait till your thirties. I can't wait till I'm twenty five. I can rent a car. That's yeah. like the one big thing. Yeah, but, that's really exciting. No, I'm excited to be um getting this going again. I think it's good because I feel like you can portray a school um, and social media in like so many different ways, but like actually getting people on here and talking about what they do and their experiences, I think it definitely is going to help when we get like athletes on, um, especially for recruiting. I think that's like a big thing. Yeah. Um, once you get like the personalities of, you know, the people you're talking with and stuff like that, we're trying to get people to come here. Um, but you can only do that by people telling their honest experiences of how they feel about the school and, you know, what their day-to-day is and, sure. you know, different aspects that they like, and then hopefully we can find the, the right crowd. Yeah, there's certainly a, a difference in the story you can tell when you're, you know, having this kind of long-form podcast yeah. rather than post on, you know, Instagram or Twitter yeah. or whatever. And like, it's a different content. It's actually, it's personal, you know? So you're, like, you're reaching out to them in a different way, um, and it just gives them different perspectives. And hopefully, you know, we can get some people that – love us and want to come hang out with us for their four years as student athletes here um and you know sometimes we'll have conversations that might help other student athletes at other schools or things like that so it's kind of open and you know you can have so many different you know valleys to go down and opportunities are endless yeah cool so one more question who uh who are we thinking for the next guest Actually, I already have it all set. Um, Granted, I'm going to have to go through the committee approval here with Morgan and Neva. (laughs) Um, But what my envision is, is we're actually going to have three of the women's soccer players that work as our camera crew and the production of a lot of our basketball games and are going to work a lot of our spring events. So Angelina Schilling, Caroline Ennis, and Elida Bates. Yeah. I'm going to bring them on, and two of them are freshmen. Angelina is a transfer. Transfer. I so, had Angelina in class this past semester. How was she in a class? She was great. Yeah, she... Uh, Seems like she's a good student. Yeah, very good, very bright. Um, so I, it was management and organization. And um, she, uh, yeah, she, you know, sat front row. I'm sure she saw, you know, all the athletic directors teaching this class. I better sit in the front row. But um, she, you know, she spoke up a lot in class and provided a lot of good insights. So I appreciated that. Yes. And it was, it's cool, you know, awesome that you're having those three on because, uh, what was it, earlier this basketball season, we had them as a main part of, you know, the broadcast that was all all female-driven, which was really cool, especially here in, in the uh, uh, 50-year anniversary of Title IX. Yeah, so. going looking back at that a little bit, it was, you know, a lot of it came from a lot of them all reaching out and just wanting to work games. And you kind of start to see, and I give a lot of credit to Dan, uh, Dan Rudy, our sports information director, all of our bosses, um, you know, he's the one that has really pushed a lot of us and opened a lot of doors for us to get this opportunity. And he, he's the one that was like, sure, go go do a podcast. Uh, you know how to do everything, and yeah. you're all set. But he was the one that was looking at it and looking who we had working that game, and he said, we can try and do this. And it was just putting a few extra pieces together, getting a few more female athletes, and – to be able to be on the backside looking in at that, it's a, a an amazing opportunity to really see and the step. But a lot of that was all through them. Like they took that initiative to ask to want to be a part of it. It's a huge credit to all of them, and it was really such a special event for all of them. Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, 
Uh, yeah, Angelina's definitely jumped in with both feet. Um, you know, she's she's there at every game basically, and and you know, running cameras and all that stuff on the on the call uh, like she was for that game. Uh, I will say, you know, as as the husband to um, who I would call kind of a, a trailblazer of her own within the world of college athletics, um, in you know, in in uh, female um, you know empowerment to be one of the first Division One uh, you know director of football operations, and I have two daughters that I hope grow up and have that same sort of charisma, um, you know, and, and um, you know, fortitude and, and kind of ability to, um, to step forward and, and put their best foot forward to be a part of something like that that can, um, you know, really push that forward for them. So uh, it was a proud moment for me as well. Morgan, any last questions or comments? No, not really. Any witty statements that you have? No, I was trying to think of one while you were talking, too. I was. Um, no, I'm excited for the next episode. Um, we'll get the kind of just a, a vibe from both of the freshmen and see how their first year is going. I know you talked about how um, you used to work a lot with freshmen. I think um, it's a hard transition, so learning about what they do um, and how they felt about, like, you know, coming here, being a part of a sports team first year, um, how their transition went, because I know they're they're from not Connecticut, so um, it's definitely a change, um, and just seeing that. And then also talking to Angelina about her transferring. I mean, I think those are three great people to talk about issues that a lot of student athletes go through um, transition-wise and, you know, finding the right place for you and how she did that and things like that. So I think it's going to be a really good conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, uh, I'll definitely be a, be a loyal listener. We have our number one fan. <laughs> number one fan. <laughs> number one fan already. I'll subscribe right now. All right. John, any <laughs> last questions or things you want to tell anyone that's going to be listening and watching this? Uh, I would just say, first and foremost, thank you for bringing me on as the first guest of kind of the reboot of our uh, podcast here with Charger Athletics. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, this, this place um, is special for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think that we have a ton of momentum moving forward uh, into the future. Um, and that doesn't happen without uh, the past and the present really being really strong and having really good people around to to push that forward, to create a vision um, and to, you know, have kind of the skill set, have the passion to follow through with that. It's, it's uh, pretty easy to like set a vision, but then to actually carry things out and to make it happen, that's the hard work. So um, I'm really proud of of the people in our athletic department. I think that first and you know, that above anything else, the student athletes who participate and the student workers that we have working our games are um, the best that I've ever been around. And I think that that ultimately is what makes it um, a place where we have that type of momentum to achieve some really lofty goals and um, you know ultimately to be uh, be the front porch for this university and and to put put the university's best foot forward. So. Uh, thanks again for having me, and, and this has been a lot of fun. But thank you for coming on, and thank you for taking the time. Uh, you're gonna have to, you might have to show off those athletic skills, uh, <laughs> pushing that three o'clock timeline. But thank you again for taking the time for the Charger Cast: Joe Claus, Morgan, and John Mays. Thanks, guys. Go Chargers! Bye.